looks like you're being picked up. I can hear myself. You sound like you did a weird wet fart. But sorry for showing you my bra. Oh, I'm not. Oh, I am. <laughs> <laughs> so, Whoops. what's new with you? Well, I worked five days this week, which is one day more than usual for me. Yuck. Uh, yeah. And I mean, it was fine, but also I'm like, oh, yeah, I have such a short weekend. <laughs> really structured my life around like, what's the most I can do without going nuts and also paying my bills? And like four days a week is sort of it. Yeah. But I mean, like five every once in a while is fine and it's better for my my pocketbook. Mm-hmm. But uh I don't want to. <laughs> but yeah, you do. You really feel the difference four versus five days a week. Yeah. Well, like getting three days off, like anybody who can swing it, like if you can work 32 hours instead of 40 and get like a full three day weekend, like try that because it's so nice. I don't know who needs to hear this, but if you can afford not to work, don't work. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> it ups your quality of life, I feel. Mm hmm. But it also works really well for me because it lets me get in the studio more. And so I'm still kind of working, but it's a different job. Yeah. So it's, it's like a fun job. It's like a job that... I set the rules for. Yeah. You're like your own boss in the studio. Yeah. Yeah. Also, we get to apply for the weirdo market now, which is yes. always fun and nerve-wracking. So if we get in, guys, come visit us at the weirdo market. <laughs> yeah, you know, we should really work on our write-ups for why we're weird. Oh, God. I actually have a doctor's note saying I'm weird, so. <laughs> <laughs> How was uh, visiting your family? Um, it was it good. It was good to see my family. I don't get to see them very much. And it was also a lot. Because you were with them for like a full week, right? Yeah. That's a long time to be with your family. <laughs> it, like 24-7. And, like, last time I spent, like, I stayed at my grandma's house, Paul was with me. Mm-hmm. And that's a much different mood when you can just, like, close a door and all of a sudden just, like, be yourself but still have another person there. Yeah. Not that I'm not myself around my family, but, like, I am, I, we're all our best selves around each other. Yeah. And that's exhausting. Version, your version of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I find when I go visit family for too long, I'm a... I'm a regressed version of myself. Yes. Where I'm like, uh, yeah, I guess like t- 12 years ago when I lived here, this would be more what I'd be doing. So sure, like, let's try that. But it's also like, I'm not, I'm not that person anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I got home and like, I've been spending the last few months thinking like, how did I get myself into this like anxiety spiral where I missed out on so much stuff during my younger years because I was just afraid that mm-hmm. I would be rejected or that people are just like politely tolerating my existence. And then I get home from a week with my family and I'm like, oh, that's why. Oh, yeah. oh, that's why. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's hard because you're like, I like my family. They're fine. But also like, yeah, you've caused like most of the reason I am what I am now is because of you. Yeah. All this stuff that's kind of weird. And you did that. You didn't like, do it to me, but just... By proximity to you, yeah. I became this way. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. they don't want to hear that. <laughs> yeah, for some reason they don't like it. Although, um, I might cut this out. I'll see how I feel about it. My mom did have a really sweet conversation with me in the liquor store um, where she just kind of apologized for not noticing how much pain I was in as a teenager. And I told her, like, Trust me, I tried very hard to keep anyone from noticing, so don't feel bad about it. But she like gave me a hug and just sort of expressed the regret that she didn't catch any of it, and it was really nice. <laughs> Family, different dynamics. I got to go swimming though. I love. Sw- I keep thinking about how I'm like, if I could swim all the time, wouldn't that be so nice? Yeah, <laughs> I miss having a pool. Yeah. There's got to be a place close to me, but I also don't want to pay for it, and I don't want to swim around a bunch of people. Yeah, it's just also the experience of being in a pool is so different when, like, 40 strangers have also been in it that day, and you're like, this is mostly pee now. This is all just piss. I would hope people aren't peeing in the pool, but... If if kids are allowed, 
If anyone under 12 is allowed in the pool, it's full of pee. I mean, like, I know this of, like, lakes and the ocean. Like, there's a lot of pee in here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just hope that you're not peeing in the pool. It would mm. just be so good for you to not pee in the pool. <laughs> I would love it so much. It would <laughs> just, mean so much to us if you could just not pee in the pool. <laughs> just hold yourself accountable and don't pee in the pool. <laughs> it's an honor system. Yeah. Oh, also, um, there is only one face in Ottawa. And it's just different rearrangements of hair and mustaches. Mustache. Mustaches. <laughs> on this face that exists in the town of Ottawa. <laughs> it's disturbing. It's all one family and you're like, I understand why you guys left. And it's like every single person looks like my Uncle Mark. And that's weird because they're all named Mark or Doug or Gord. Yeah. Just different mustaches and hairstyles. Yeah. <laughs> And not even that different mustaches. Well, how different can a mustache be? I mean, like, especially if it's Ottawa, they're not going all over the place with their mustaches. Yeah. Nothing that requires a wax or a... Or any time or effort. Burn on mustaches. When I was in high school, I had a photo of my uncle's mustache as the background on my phone because I thought it was so magnificent. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Yeah. You didn't have a phone in high school? No, I'm a little older, you guys. I did get a phone for like my 18th birthday, so I had a phone for like two months in high school. Mm. Yeah, it must have been my 18th birthday, and it was like a pink flip phone and it had an antenna. Nice. It was it was definitely like not a current style of phone. This is when razor phones were out, oh. and wouldn't it have been nice to have one of those? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a red flip phone that was my phone through high school. I got it. When I was 16, my mom took me to the mall and asked if I was having sex and told me not to get pregnant and then bought me a phone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I think you should have, I think this is a a step towards being responsible with your body and your sexuality. Like, here's a phone. Yeah. Call me. (laughs) Call me if you need a condom. Call me if you think you're about to get pregnant. (laughs) Be right there to stop it. (laughs) I think probably the phone, my mom got me a phone. I don't remember if we discussed it, but we probably did. Um, But I think it was probably like, you're probably moving out of the house soon. (laughs) So Uh, please have this. Fuck, yeah. How long did it take you to get a smartphone? Uh, A long time because I was against the screen. For some reason, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to type. I got these big old thumbs. Uh, Um, You're an old person. (laughs) Um. I don't know why. Like, sometimes I'm very resistant to new technology. Mm. <laughs> I'm just like, I don't crafters. know if I'm capable of this. What? I said crafters. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I just don't know if I'm capable. Um, and uh, so I had that pink phone, and then I had this gold flip phone, which was pretty cool. And then I got a smartphone that had a keyboard built into it, and you slid the keyboard, like the phone up, and there was a keyboard, and it was the heaviest thing Oh, my God. And I think I used the keyboard for, like, six months, and then I was like, oh, no, it's really easy to type on the screen. (laughs) I guess, really, it wasn't that big, uh, that long a time from the first phone I got to the smartphone. But it feels like forever, because everyone keeps getting a new phone, like, every year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it took a long time, too. Especially, well, I know you didn't get a smartphone until... Halfway through university. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I remember your phone (laughs) being like... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just so, like, I wasn't afraid of technology, but I was really anti-consumerist to an obnoxious degree mm. in my, like, late teen years. And then that just fell into me, like, okay, but I don't really need one. Yeah. Like, this one works. <laughs> it does what it's supposed to. I can make calls. Yeah. I can send texts. Um, yeah, like, and that was the thing, too. I feel like a flip phone lasted a lot longer than a smartphone. Yeah. Um, like, mine... Mine keeps saying it's low on space, but I'm like, I know you're not. Like, you've got so much, you have so much space in you, and you're saying, like, you don't have any. But I'm like, I have an SD card that's only half full, and everything goes on that. So what has taken up all this space? Yeah. Anyway, if any phone companies are listening, send me a free phone. Something that's opalescent. Oh, you guys want to hear this B story? So we were sitting outside JJ Bean, drinking our pre-show 
like coffee and London fog, eating our muffins, minding our business, minding our business. As bees just comes over, I don't know if it was a bee or a wasp. To be it was honest. a wasp. It's a wasp comes over and started bothering us, like flying around us, flying into my empty cup, trying just to kiss me, trying to kiss Barbara, chasing Barbara. Yeah, you'd get up and try to run away, and the bee would follow you for a while. Yeah, um, and I would get up and try to run away as like a fun joke, not yeah. like I'm really tough. It was just like a fun joke I was doing to make Melissa laugh. Yeah, I laughed pretty hard. Yeah. So. It worked. <laughs> um, I was just sitting there with my arms crossed, telling the bee to go to hell. Yeah. <laughs> the wasp, rather. <laughs> Bees are fine. If it was a bumblebee, we wouldn't even be upset. We'd no. Be like, we'd hey, be you're like, cool. Listen, the cutest thing happened today. Yeah, let's go get you some sugar. But yeah, so it kept bothering us, flying around our heads, and it kept distracting us when we were trying to have some really good brainstorming, brainstorming conversations, mm-hmm. figuring out. Uh, which lady-like member, <laughs> BuzzFeed lady-like member, I would most like to be friends with. <laughs> and uh, so one went into my cup, and then I put a book on top of my cup, and I... Yeah. <laughs> I Saved the day. It. Yeah. And when we left, it was sort of wet, so I put the tea bag it was staying on, on the ground, so it could potentially survive, because I'm a nice person. <laughs> you first decided, I want to help you, but I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that did not get in the way of your altruism. No. So that's that's good. Yeah. I was trying to scoop it out and I was like, I'm not even gonna take that chance. I think you suggested <laughs> just pulling the whole tea bag out. Yeah. So I'll leave it on the ground. Let its wings dry off and then it can go bother someone else. Yeah. I also just wanna tell everyone because this happened to both of us, so it's not a it's not a a grape a, a non grape a wine for the end of the show, but we pet a dog in London Drugs. And we saw a dog on the train, and the dog on the train was pretty inquisitive about who we were. And Mm. we were like, yeah, but we didn't pet it. It was in a carrier. His head was poking out. It was so cute. It was so cute. It was so cute. (laughs) Uh, So this is the I Forgot podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My name is Melissa. My name is Barbara. And we already said it's this I Forgot. I did it in the wrong order. That's all right. What did you forget this week? This week I forgot Vertigo is by some... Some Hitchcock character. It's a very <laughs> long movie. I did not really enjoy it. We're going to get into it, but was it a lot like High Anxiety? Because I'm starting to think maybe Vertigo was the main one being parodied in High Anxiety. I don't remember High Anxiety. I didn't, okay. I didn't watch it. Um, you listened to me recount it. <laughs> I know. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all because it was... Like, this fellow had anxiety around heights, and there's a name for it. He kept saying that it sounded too much like like a, a cross between arachnophobia and agoraphobia, and I couldn't I couldn't Ac- just stop thinking acrophobia? that. Acrophobia? Acrophobia. That's what it's called. And then he gets vertigo, and he can't go to the top of bell towers, which is, you know, it's kind of a hindrance to his line of work. Okay, we open on thin, light eyebrows. Yeah, it's just... It's just showing eyes. It's just showing someone's eye, and then it switches over to the other eye, and the eyebrows are just not today's standard of eyebrow. And there's nineties eyebrows. Not even nineties. Nineties uh, were stronger than this. It was, I don't know, just like five eyebrow hairs <laughs> <laughs> spaced out. Yeah, and then there's just swirls everywhere. I think I think the swirls are supposed to be vertigo or eyes. And we're climbing a fire escape, running from police. Yeah, so there's a criminal, and he's climbs up the fire escape, starts running across roofs. Cool. And yeah, it's kind of neat. And so um, Cyber Sixteen plays. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's a plank like a a cop cop in his uniform, and then like a detective who's not in his uniform chasing him, and just also still running across rooftops. And I'm like, you guys, this is really dangerous. Why are you doing this? <laughs> um, and so this guy jumps onto the roof, climbs up, and then the cop jumps over to the roof and climbs up. And then I guess Jimmy Stewart, he's the guy who talks really weird, right? Yeah, he talks like this a little bit. Yeah, why? Yeah. Why do you I talk like that? Some kind of injury, maybe. Yeah. Um, he tries to come, and then he starts falling down, and he catches on to the uh, like gutter. And so the cop's like, oh, no, and tries to come down, help him up. And he's like, grab my hand. And Jimmy Stewart's like, Ugh. 
Vertigo. <laughs> and the cop's like, grab my hand. And then, you know, Vertigo again. And then the cop just falls off the roof. <laughs> just does a header off the roof. Okay, that slaps. <laughs> <laughs> and then someone comes around the corner and sees, and so they see that Jimmy Stewart's like hanging on to the gutter. And I guess gets help because the next scene he's in his friend's apartment talking to her and he's talking about how he's wearing a corset and he's got a cane and stuff. Mm. So he's recovering from that. And he's stuck in his room and he has to watch his neighbors for fun. No, he can walk around and he's about to get his corset off, but he doesn't like it. It's uncomfortable. And I don't think she has too much sympathy for him. She's she's. I guess helping design or just drawing this new um, like strapless bra, but it's <laughs> sort of like a, you know, those hard plastic headbands. Okay. Yes. Yeah. But it's like got a ribbon cinched on it, like around it, like a silk thing, which like they exist as a thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know if anyone can picture it, but like that is attached to the bra, like underneath the bra part with a little, uh, a little line going up sort of between where the boobs would be and then it's just a bra front and so it's like a headband underwire yeah okay yeah it's very odd <laughs> it's fine <laughs> hitchcock also designed the props for this and he's never seen a titty is why oh yeah but, okay yeah um i guess she's like a technical illustrator or something like that um so she's drawing with bra for instructions or something i don't know oh well yeah you, you would you need, would instructions, need instructions, instructions to get it on and <laughs> uh, he blames himself for the cop's death yeah which, i don't think that cop's death was your fault that cop just like jumped off a roof to be <laughs> honest yeah. like i saw that happen yeah <laughs> he was like oh no i'm a cop yeah. uh why do i <laughs> only even one thing to do this? yeah <laughs> i shouldn't laugh a man died <laughs> a fictional <laughs> man died it was pretty funny how's your love life midge yeah so his friend's name is midge and he's just bothering her um because she's bugging him i guess about the corset and he's like well how's your love life midge and she's like normal and then they're talking he's talking about how they used to be engaged and she's like yeah for two weeks and he's like yeah as i recall you're the one who called it off and just keeps talking to himself and midge is like you're doing her thing and laughing and being his friend or whatever but i'm like yeah like Seems a little passive aggressive, Jimmy. Yeah, and they have a, a no, no, like it's a buddy relationship. It's a buddy, not budding. They've <laughs> known each other for a long time. Apparently, they went to like school together or something. But like, he's quite a bit older than her from appearances. So, uh, yeah. If you want a real fact for this movie, he's twenty four years older than her. Then major than uh the actress playing his love interest oh his love interest yeah that i also believe midge i think is somewhere in between okay like how old is he in this movie do you remember like oh i have a fact about that okay uh james stewart is exactly four billion years older than his love interest mm -hmm. is that the one or yeah yeah yeah. so he's about four billion twenty five okay yeah just read a couple more facts uh jimmy stewart's character is based on every cop Except for the one that did a header off the roof. <laughs> Hitchcock wanted to capture the two horrors of men's lives in the 50s. The fragility of one's sanity and your friends asking you for a favor. Which we'll get into pretty <laughs> soon because there is a favor asked of Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> he's going to try to gradually get over his fear with exposure therapy. A new idea he's come up with. <laughs> yeah. he, he, he invents exposure therapy? Yeah, he's talking to Midge about it. He's like, yeah, what if I, like, I'll step up on this stool and then I'll step up on a chair and, you know, I'll just gradually get better at it. Aww. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. That's how it works. Yep. You did it. You do it, yeah. <laughs> An old college friend calls him up and they think he's probably poor, but it turns out he's rich. Yeah, he's rich and he wants a favor. Ah. So he rich believes... Rich people always want favors. Yeah, ridiculous. I don't know if he's uh, saying he's going to pay him or what, but... Mm. Wants favor. Um, so he believes that his wife is possessed. Sure. Um, by like a ghost or a demon. And he wants Jimmy Stewart to follow her and find out what she's doing and, you know, all that junk. So, um, no. Mm -hmm. You don't get to stalk your wife. Mm -hmm. Well, I think Jimmy Stewart makes a comment about like maybe 
he's like, oh, you think she's like stepping out or something? And he's like, no, no, we have a wonderful relationship. She wouldn't do that. It's she's just, just a, possessed. She's possessed. There's like hours of her day she can't account for. Sounds like a weird excuse. Yeah. The luxurious color in this movie makes it worth watching. Yeah, it does a really good, like, there's a there's a restaurant they go to and it's like red red walls and like red velvet like wallpaper or something it's really cool and then someone comes out wearing like a very deep emerald green dress and like very like very um gem gemstone colors Mm -hmm. and uh yeah it's just it's very good and then you'll be outside and it'll be like weirdly pastel colors and you're like oh that's cool I thought that was a joke because high anxiety is entirely black and white. So I just assumed yeah. I've been assuming this movie is black and white. Oh no, it's uh there's a lot of color in it. Wow. Well, now we stalk Gavin's wife. Yeah, Gavin's his friend. I see. Um oh, also I was writing this in the dark, so I hope you can read it. It's <laughs> <laughs> the first challenge I've had, so yeah. eventually fine. I stopped hitting the lines. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so he just follows her around. She goes to a flower shop. She buys this bouquet of flowers. And he's like, all right. Then she goes to a museum. And she just sits and stares at this one painting. And he just stares at her staring at this painting. And then eventually he's like, I should go see where that painting is. And like tries to meander in like he belongs there. And (laughs) sees that the painting has a woman with flowers. And the flowers look just like her bouquet. And then he looks at, he just stares at her hair for a while and her hair is put up, like pinned up in sort of that swirl thing that they did in the 50s. And he just stares at it for way too long and then looks in the painting and that person's hair is also styled like that. And he's noticing that the face is quite similar and all that. So he's like, this is odd. And he leaves the room, finds like a, this might be later, but at, at some point he finds an attendant and asks for information on that painting and like, he gets, like oh, that's uh that's a portrait of my friend Dorian. It's <laughs> <laughs> like a Carlotta Verdes or something. And so he gets all this information and that's it. Follows her again. Uh, she's buying flowers. Now she's at a graveyard. Oh, yeah. Sorry. She's just at a graveyard for a while. Carlotta Valdez. Yeah, that's where he sees the name first. And then he finds out that that's also the person in the portrait. Oh, you've written that's her down there and then a, a little arrow to your point of <laughs> now she's in a grungy hotel the hotel keeper says she isn't there yeah so he goes in and he's like hey who's in this suite that's like just above us to the left and she's like yeah i can't tell you that <laughs> and she's like you know i don't think anyone would mind but i don't think that's that's legal and everyone you know values their privacy and he's like pulls out his detective badge but she says earlier he's not a cop anymore so i don't you know, mm. that's also illegal. So she tells him that the person is like, she's like, oh, the name is Carlotta, Carlotta Valdez. What was it again? Carlotta Valdez. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, she only comes every once in a while and sits in the room in the afternoon for a few hours. And she's like, you know, it doesn't doesn't matter to me. Imagine having the disposable income to rent a hotel room to sit in for some hours. It It wasn't a nice hotel. Like and it was it was set up more as a like living place like a space it was like a hotel at one point but now it's like apartments. Hey, she is rich like her husband is and her are quite rich. But she has to pay to sit go in the room and sit in it, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm just saying it's not like she's she's not like she's buying like a really good hotel room. <laughs> but yeah, so she's. He's asking about her, and uh, like the front desk lady's like, "Well, yeah, but she's not here." And he's like, "No, I saw her go in. And she was in the window." And she's like, "No." <laughs> and he's like, "Well, could you ta- check?" And she's like, "Well, like since you asked, but I think it's weird." And she goes upstairs and looks and calls him back, and she's like, "Hey, detective, did you want to see?" And then he goes in, and she's not there. And then her car is gone, and he's like, ha. "What happened to her car?" And she's like, "Yeah, I, there wasn't a car there." <laughs> like. Oh. <laughs> Maybe she is a ghost. Some old guy in a bookstore tells him about Carlotta. Yeah, so he asks his friend Midge, um, who would know stuff like this, and she's like, oh, I could take you to this bookstore. He knows all the like local legends and stuff. And so we, they go there, and he asks, and the story is essentially um, Carlotta was this beautiful woman, and she was a dancer, and then this rich guy fell in love with her and married her, 
they had a child and then he decided he didn't like her anymore and cast her aside. I think he says he threw her out and this guy's like, you know, men could do that in the day. And he didn't seem like happy with it, but I was also like, that's a weird, it's a weird way to say it anyway. Mm. It was an old man bookstore, bookstore owner. Um, He's like, yeah, I don't remember the guy's name. I just remember the story of Carlotta. And then so she was like, roaming the streets trying to get her baby back screaming about her baby and then eventually killed herself and they're like okay thanks for all this information (laughs) (laughs) Um, wait is carlotta the woman in the painting or also the name of the woman so the general plot is that uh gavin thinks that his wife like his wife is uh carlotta's great grandmother daughter daughter and um (laughs) that'd be a much weirder story (laughs) she's a future ghost um and like she even inherited some of her jewelry and like lately he's been seeing her sitting on the bed just like looking at the jewelry and saying nothing and like then she started doing all this weird stuff so her the wife's name is uh maureen i think okay (laughs) say maureen um so he thinks that she is possessed by her great-grandmother and that is why she's doing all this stuff. But she actually just learned her grandma's story and now she's getting into feminism. Um, Perhaps. I mean, there is a twist. We'll find out soon. Okay. Soon-ish. It's, <laughs> it's a long movie, guys. So the rich guy built her that hotel that used to just be a house? Yeah, so Carlotta's, Carlotta's husband built that, oh, like that big building as their house to stay in and then kicked her out and then eventually turned it into a hotel. Dick. Yeah. Scene gets really dark. Like, visually dark? Yeah. So they're in the bookstore, and all of a sudden, it's just, like, gets darker and darker and darker. And I'm like, this is weird. Now I can't see stuff. Mm. Um, Just seems like a weird choice visually, but maybe it's supposed to be a, like, that's a dark story. Uh, So just another fact, which I think is going to really, what's coming next, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, This movie was written in Hitchcock's first ever writing class. The prompt was to kill the same woman twice in one story. Mm. Uh, So he follows her to the seaside and she dumps flowers in, then jumps in herself. Yep. And then he jumps in to save her and brings her back to his house. Was she jumping in to die or just for fun? Uh, It's supposed to be like she was trying to kill herself. So she jumps in fully clothed. And then, like, immediately unconscious, so he's pulling her out, trying to get her back. And then takes her to his house and not a hospital. Yep. Um, Undresses her, puts her in his bed, hangs her stuff up in the kitchen to dry, lights a fire. (laughs) Okay. And then someone calls, and his phone is right by his bed, so he goes into the bedroom to answer it. And she wakes up, and she's like, you can see her looking around, being like, "Uh, yeah, where the hell am I? (laughs) Why am I naked in a stranger's house? Yeah, and then so he finishes his conversation, and I forget what he says, but he essentially just goes, oh, you're going to want this, puts a robe next to her, and then leaves and closes the door. Okay. Yeah. Um, I feel there's also just like a good a good fact here. Um, so the leading lady doesn't speak through the first third of the movie because Kim Novak smoked 170 marble, Marlboros. You know, the 50s, and couldn't speak for the first week of film. (laughs) It's a fact. That's right. Is this the first time she speaks? Uh, Yeah, when she goes out, like, sits with him. He's like, come sit by the fire. I'll put some cushions down and puts cushions on the floor so she can sit right in front of the fire. And I'm like, there's a couch not very far from the fire. So. I I would want to sit right next to the fire. Yeah. Yeah, and he's like, you know, your clothes will be dry in a couple of minutes and blah, 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 and asks her if she remembers anything. And she's like, yeah, well, I was sitting at the seashore. Like, that's where I sit a lot. And so she's like, why did I get here? And he's like, well, you you fell in. And she's like, I fell in. I don't even remember. <laughs> like, going back and forth like that. And mm-hmm. I do like that your uh, notes, this is where you've gone off the lines. <laughs> and it's also the most dramatic note so far. She escapes while he's distracted on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> He gets another phone call and goes to answer it. And then when he comes out, she's gone. She's got her clothes on. She's left. Nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's calling the police. Hi, I fell in the river and then someone undressed me <laughs> while I was unconscious. Yeah, kept me in his home. Yeah. Um. So he had mentioned at some point, he's like, oh, yeah, your, your car's outside. I'll drive you home in a minute. But she drives herself home. 
because that makes more sense. Women can do that now. <laughs> yeah. They're allowed. Um, and uh, I forget what my next note is, but. His friend is spying on him now? Oh, yeah. Midge is spying on him. Okay. Because she wanted to know all this information because she's just like nosy and fun. And she, um, yeah, so he told her a little bit about it, but she wants to like see a bit more. And so she's sort of spying and seeing who she is. And so she sees uh, Maureen leave and she's like, I don't think her name is Maureen now that I'm saying it a couple of times. But we're going to call her Maureen. So. All right. <laughs> That's what it is now. Yeah. They flirt weird. Mm-hmm. So uh, the next day he's following her again and she's taking a bunch of turns and he's like, I don't. He's getting frustrated. He's like, why is she like turning around so much? I don't get this. She's trying to lose you, freak. Yeah. Well, eventually she stops in front of his house and he goes over. Like, you can see she's trying to put an envelope in his mailbox. Mm. And it's like, oh, she was turning around because she was trying to find his place from memory so that she could like send him a thank you note, which is what she says when he comes up to her. And he's like, oh, well, I better go get my mail. And he goes and grabs it and comes out and started reading the card in front of her. And it's like, (laughs) so awkward. And he's like oh, I hope so too. And she's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, oh, your first line is, I hope we meet again. And she's like, and he's like, I hope so too. And she's like, well, we already have. And And she goes in her car and he's like, well, where are you going? And she's like, oh, just wandering. And earlier when um, they were in his apartment, he, she's asking essentially like, why, why did you see me? Like, why were you there? And he's like, oh, I just wander around. And she's like, well, that's an interesting occupation. Um, All right. It was said in a way that made sense. Yeah. She was asking him what he did for a living, and he's like, oh, I just wander. <laughs> and so she's saying she's going wandering here, and he's like, oh, I was just going to do that too. And he's like, you know, it seems kind of kind of silly. And she's like, what do you mean that we're both wandering but not together? <laughs> and so they get in the car, and they do their wandering together. Uh. They go to, like, the Redwood Forest or something. The flirting in rear window was also really awkward. It's and just kind of corny. Like I feel like how Al- Alfred Hitchcock flirted was saying like, "Hey, I'm a famous movie director," and then someone decided yeah. yes or no. Well, yeah, and then um, by the way, I've never seen a titty. Yeah, and then he'll do like the little um, little finger squares that movie people do, but just like- around one titty. Yeah, you'd be like, like, you would look beautiful on camera. Yeah. Just framing a tit. (laughs) I've designed a bra just for you. (laughs) It's my hands. (laughs) Gross. Yeah, she has a weird, like, flashback, like, repressed memory episode there. And he's trying to figure it out. He's trying to be like, well, tell me what you see and stuff like that. And she's, like, they see, okay, they see a, a, tree that's been cut down or like a section that's been cut out so they can have like they can count the rings or whatever and it's been like labeled but with major events mm. and one's like ring around well it's not 1930 but anyway uh she points at one and she's like well this is when i was born and then moves her finger just a bit and she's like and that's when i died and starts like talking kind of weird mm. he's like when were you born <laughs> i'm just trying to figure that out but he can't they're arguing at one point, and she tries to run down to the seaside, and looks like she's going to jump in the water again, but he stops her, and then they kiss. And when they kiss, kiss a big wave crashes up at the same time. Wow. Dramatic. Just and rem- romantic. Just a reminder that uh, Maureen is married to one of Jimmy's friends. So. Oh, yeah. Hey, fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you guys. Yeah. So she's reliving a past life of her great-grandmother or something. That's because she was pointing at when she yeah. was born. Okay. His friend points paints herself as Carlotta. Yeah, so Midge makes a painting of herself, like just like the one that uh, Maureen was looking at, but she puts her face on it instead. Hey, <laughs> what's going on with Midge? I want a movie about Midge. She seems fun as hell. She is. Jimmy gets really offended and leaves, and Midge is like, "I'm sorry. <laughs> like I didn't like I didn't think like I thought this would be kind of funny. I didn't think it would be like upsetting to you." And she paints like, herself. Yeah. Like she like an like oil she, painting. Yeah, she makes like a painting. This is such a time investment for a dumbass prank. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's so good because Midge, um, she has very of the time hair, so she's got like sort of like down and then comes up in a little bump or something near the bottom, and she's got these big glasses. Oh yes, <laughs> it's so funny. Oh Midge, 
It's a good joke, Midge. I'm yeah. sorry you can't see that. <laughs> so he doesn't think it's funny and leaves. She's very upset. They love each other now, but it's too late. That's him and him and Maureen. So they're they go to like this stable or something by this church. I don't remember whose idea it was, and they're like like at this church and she's saying, you know, I love you, but it's too late and he's like, No, I love you too. It's not too late and she's like, I just want you to know if anything happens to me that I, I want I really want, I loved you and I wanted to keep loving you and then she's like, I have to go to the church and he's like, Well, I don't think you should and she's like, No, I, I have to. Just let me go in by myself. I need to figure this out. And he's like, oh, I don't know. And so she goes, starts walking towards the church. And then she starts running into the church. And he's like, what? And he runs in after her. And she's like, Maureen, Maureen, where are you? And like, then hears her running up the stairs, mm. like to the bell tower. And so he starts trying to follow. But she's got a head start. And he gets about halfway up. And you can tell he's starting to get vertigo. And then he hears a scream and looks outside. And just like, they threw a dummy in her clothing on. <laughs> Why? <laughs> well, like, it's supposed to be her, but, like, they don't have that technology. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought someone was tricking him. They're tricking you. Well, you'll see. Yeah. And so he he feels bad and starts making his way back down the stairs really slow. Because mm. he's like, Maureen. <laughs> um, and then I think the next scene, they're holding court. Yeah, your note just says, this judge is mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're holding court, but it seems like it's in, like, a church building because it's this huge place. The jury is just a bunch of, like, just tiny chairs and, like, I don't know how many, like, eight, ten men sitting really close together. And then there's a judge at a desk. And then uh, Jimmy Stewart and his, like, detect old detective boss are sitting off to the side. And then there's, like, some more chairs sitting face. It doesn't look like a real courtroom is what I'm saying. Well, they blew the budget on all the oil paintings they had to... <laughs> Um, yeah, so the judge is just essentially saying what Jimmy, like he's telling everyone what Jimmy did after was he went down, got in his car, went home, and it wasn't until, like, hours later that he, like, he says he blacked out, and then hours later he came to and realized what had happened, and he's like, that seems weird, it does seem a little cowardly, but I don't want that to affect your decision, and he keeps saying stuff like that, like, he keeps saying, like, we shouldn't take into consideration how he was, like, fooling around. How he's a his, big fucking pussy. Yeah. How he's fooling around with his friend's wife and then she turns up dead. Doesn't seem that suspicious. Like, <laughs> and then the jury finds him innocent anyway, but it's essentially like, yeah, he knew he had this disability. Or he, he calls it something kind of messed up. He knew he had this inadequacy and still he thought he would be capable of doing this. He's like, we can't blame her husband because he didn't think that this vertigo would affect him, but we should blame this vertigo guy because he knew the vertigo would affect him. We can't we can't blame the guy who wanted his friend to stalk her. That one... That's fine. Yeah. He was trying to protect her. And then I believe Jimmy Stewart uh, ends up in a mental hospital. So the next one, he gets committed. Okay. And he's harassing a woman? Uh, he harasses a woman later. Oh, okay. Um, but he's in there, and Midge is trying to, like get him to talk or something but he's not registering anyone he, anything he's just staring straight ahead i don't know if they've drugged him or what but she's like putting on music and he's not doing anything and she goes to leave and talks to the doctor and she's like when can we expect him back and the doctor's like well at least six months but maybe maybe longer and da, da, da. he's like you know someone he loved died and she's like well i think the problem is he still loves her which is weird um that is the problem Mitch. yeah yeah and so she doesn't think it's going to happen soon. And then he does get out. It doesn't really ex explain anything how. Like, I don't understand that scene where he's in the mental hospital. Doesn't make sense. It's like, just show him having anguish outside. Like, yeah, that's a bit. Yeah, it doesn't. It It's ill-fitting. Yeah. If I can critique this movie, which I always will. Then he leaves and he starts just following people that look like Maureen. And cool. Yeah. Um. Then when he gets closer, he's like, oh, they're not, they're not her or whatever. And then he sees someone who looks a lot like her, I guess, but different. Like, she's got different hair. She's wearing, like, different clothes than he'd be used to. She does her makeup a lot differently. But he follows her back to the hotel that mm -hmm. Maureen was in before. Yeah. Follows her upstairs. Okay, but stop. <laughs> not him. Oh. Not you. Just him. <laughs> I wish you would stop. It's like, and? What <laughs> Uh, and like gets her to answer the door and then 
he's like, hey, I just want to talk to you for a minute. And she's like, uh, go away. Yeah. And they're like having this conversation where he's like, but you just look like someone. And she's like, yeah, I know. I look like someone to a lot of people. Like, she's like, I've heard this before. I don't care. Mm. You have to leave. Like, <laughs> and eventually he's like, can I just like talk to you? Like, can I just come in for a minute? And he convinces her to let him in. But she's obviously very scared. And she's backing up. And she's got her hand on the phone sort of thing. And she's like, just so you know, I can I can scream really loud. Like, <laughs> and he's like, yeah, it's fine. You can like leave the door open and stuff. And he's like, you just look so much like her. And she's like, yeah, okay. And then he's about to leave. And he's like, hey, like we should go for dinner. And she's like. Because I look so much like her. And he's like, no, I feel like I owe you an apology. And no, still. Yes. Still no, Jimmy Stewart. Yeah, I don't know how, but this convinces her to go. <laughs> okay. But here's the twist. He's like, why don't we go tonight? I'll be back and get my car and get come back in about a half hour. And she's like, oh, no, you'll have to give me time to get ready and like get fixed up. And he's like, okay, like let's say an hour. She's like, all right. He leaves. She looks upset. She... uh grabs she goes into her closet grabs a bunch of suits puts them in a suitcase goes over to the desk and starts writing a letter and it says like uh either dear john or dear scotty which he goes by john or scotty for some reason um he's also reliving a past life yeah scotty for acquaintances john for friends yeah (laughs) um she just starts writing she's like hey john like um i didn't think this day would come and at least not so soon but I just want you to know that I really love you. But because you found me, I have to go again. Like, you know, this was a whole plot by uh, Maureen's husband where I dressed up like her and got you to follow me and think I was crazy so that you would believe it when he pushed his own wife out of the window. What the fuck? Yeah, there is a whole big twist. <laughs> and then... She thinks better of it, rips up the note, and goes on to... Yeah, maybe don't confess to aiding and abetting a murder in your love note. Yeah, so she rips it up and then goes to dinner with him instead of fleeing. And uh, they have a good time, and he comes home, walking her back to her house, and is saying something like, oh, we should go out again. And she's like, yeah, but also she's very much like, it's because I remind you of someone else. And he's like, no, no, it's like, I like you. And then eventually he starts admitting, like, yeah, you remind me of someone. And he he doesn't outright say it, but what he's doing is essentially getting her to dress up like this woman he knows so that he can, like, stop fixating on this. But she's like, I really like you and I don't like this. And he's like, no, but you have to. And he's, like, so scary, like, grabbing her. Like, he's like, okay, like, she's picking out some flowers. And it looks like she points to a different one and he gives her one that she didn't point at. But then maybe it was the right one. And then he's like, okay, and I'm going to, like, we should go and I'll buy you a dress. Like, this is the date they're having the next day. He's trying to do exposure therapy, but for horniness. Oh, yeah. He convinces her to call in sick to work so that she can do this. Okay. Um, so they can go on this date. And he's like, I want to buy you a new, a new suit. And so she's like, oh, okay. Like, you don't have to. And he's like, no, no, I really want to. And she's like, okay. And they go in. And I guess in the 50s, if you go to, like, a fancier department store, they get someone to model the clothes for you. And then you're like, yeah, that's the one. And then the person who's going to have the suit or whatever gets up and they measure and tailor it for you. And then it's, like, ready to go. Oh. It's actually kind of nice because (laughs) (laughs) that was a service that was offered. That'd be great. Anyway, and he's looking at all these gray suits and he's like, those are not right they're not good and she's like but i really like the second one and he's like it's not the right one and she's like you're trying to make me look like her and i don't want to look like her you're you're being like i don't know what she says but like you know this isn't what i want and he's like but it's what i want and it's i hate it and then eventually they find the suit that maureen used to have and he gets that for her and she's not having it and he's like you just have to do this for me please like it, it doesn't mean anything to you it doesn't matter to you and it's like yeah it's her body like you're pretending you're, you're pretending she's a different person like you're saying the only way we can be together is if you're completely different and she's like well I, but i like you but i don't want to do that and you're like but you have to yeah and then he goes and makes her try on try on a bunch of shoes until he finds the ones that maureen wore and then and then he takes her to a salon and gets them to bleach her hair because she has brown hair but maureen had blonde hair why is she going along with all of this 
I like she keeps saying like I love you so I want to do this to make you happy but I'm like just leave you've known him for two days yeah and stop like but, why, who? like she's known him longer but he doesn't know that this whole relationship started on a bunch of different lies yeah but like how would you still love someone knowing that they were treating what they thought was a completely different woman like this I don't know but I mean like it is the 50s maybe it was different and also it seems like it's been like three days and they were like talking about marriage sort of thing and I'm like Ugh. cat people all over again yeah yeah so he gets her all set up like that and she comes back and she's wearing the suit and everything and walking down the corridor of her room to him and he's like what's with your hair it was supposed to be pinned up and she's like yeah well we tried it and didn't look good so I wanted to leave it down and he's like no you have to do it for me he's like please it doesn't matter to you it only matters to this is he gonna do another murder is she gonna die a third time second time second time well Um, she carlotta died yeah and then she faked and then his wife died maureen died and now we're on judy okay yeah essentially what happens is he takes her to the bell tower because he's like you look so much like her realizes it's her they're going for dinner when they're going for dinner she puts on the necklace that carlotta has in the painting Mm. Um, Because she was given that as payment, I guess. So he realizes it is her. And there was some plot, which he figures out very succinctly. Mm. He knows exactly what happened when they get there. And he's like forcing her, like physically forcing her into the church and going, making her go up the steps and stuff. And she's like, I don't want to do this. I want to go home. Like, why are you thought we were going for dinner? (laughs) So He's forcing her up and yelling at her and being like, is this what you did, Judy? And like listing off what she did and she eventually is like yeah that's what happened like he was waiting up there with his wife she's like i ran up the stairs and he's like well then why did you scream and she's like because i was going to try to stop him like i thought it she's like when i actually saw it happening i didn't want that to happen and but she's like i was too late for that and he's like screaming at her and they eventually get to the top of the bell tower and he's like all proud of himself for getting to the top of the bell tower and he's still like good job. Yeah, Great. just if we can put all of the abuse and harassment aside for a minute, um, good for you, Jimmy. Yeah, continues with the abuse and hara- abuse and harassment. She definitely thinks she's gonna die, and he's like, you know, sort of like not pushing at her, but she's like trying to hold on to the walls because the bell tower, you know, has those big open window things. Mm. They're yelling or whatever, and she's trying to convince them that it's like, no, we can still be together. Blah blah blah. Then a nun appears, and I guess she's got a lot of shadow on her, and I guess it scares Judy, and she screams and steps backwards and falls off the roof. <laughs> that, that makes the witch in high anxiety so good. <laughs> so what do you think? Um, I do believe this was the first time anyone's ever written a plot, like a story, because I'm like, there's so much in here that should not be in here at all. <laughs> and, like, the ending is ridiculous. It, it does take a weird turn. Like, the twist, the murder twist would be good. But yeah. then it goes fully off the rails. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think it's supposed to show Jimmy Stewart having this whole, like, turn where he's, like, he goes crazy and then he realizes that he's not so crazy. Like, this was just a thing that happened. But he's still crazy. Yeah, it's hard to feel bad for him because, or for her. Because it's like, yeah, well, you helped him murder, though, so. Yeah. Well, like, to be honest, I feel bad for her the most. Well, I feel bad for the wife the most. Yeah. Who isn't actually in the movie at all. You just see her die. Um, But I feel bad for her the most out of this whole character plot because she's a poor woman from Kansas who you find out moved to um, San Francisco, which is where the movie takes place, because her mother remarried and she didn't like her stepfather. And I'm like, oh, there might be something there Mm. um and then just trying to live her life and then this rich guy comes up and is like yeah i'll give you some money and this necklace if you help me kill my wife and yeah but you still don't say yes to that i'm not saying that was good but you know if you're really hard up for cash and you're like someone tells you the story about how she's really mean maybe she was like oh well mean people is fine but i feel bad for the nun yeah well the nun actually i think it's the same nun who saw the other person fall jeez that's a rough week well, I don't know. He, like, remember, Jimmy Stewart was in the insane asylum for six months or more. Oh, okay. <laughs> also, Midge just disappears. All right. After the mental, the institute. Yeah, it really seems like two different movies happened. Yeah. Uh, it was a mess. Anyway, we are 
We're running a bit low on time because I needed to change this because I'm going to go see my mom tomorrow. Okay, let's do grapes. Um, do you have one? Okay, it's not really a grape, but I'll use it as my grape. Okay. Uh, this is just going to be a little check-in because I saw part of Jaws before my grandma made us turn it off because there was a sev- severed leg on TV. Oh. My grape is with you because you didn't tell me that in the scene right after he or while he's dragging his nails on the chalkboard to get everyone's attention at that meeting. Drawn on the chalkboard is a shark eating a person, a little stick man, in case anyone at the meeting maybe forgot what we were meeting about. I, I didn't remember it. Until I was like, oh, yeah, there was a word drawing there. <laughs> Sorry, gosh. Uh, I guess my grape is just allergies. I feel like I've had no time the last few weeks. I'm trying mm. to figure that all out. Just general malaise. You have a wine? I do have um my wine is about my neighborhood because I love my neighborhood so much <laughs> and I got home from Ottawa and I went for a little walk with Paul and we heard like a beautiful voice from behind us and when we watched as this man was just loudly singing through the streets on his bicycle and then he passed us and I realized he was wearing like a Dragon Ball Z costume. <laughs> <laughs> it's wonderful. Yeah. It's good um, to be home. My wine is I saw Hannah yesterday. Hannah is a, a gray great dame. Oh, yeah. And she's super sweet and when she wants to say hey, she goes woo woo really deep and she's a great dame so at first you're like oh, do you not want me around here? And then she's like no, I want you to pet me. Yeah. <laughs> and also, I'm going to put my full, like, lean my full weight on you. Oh, good stim. <laughs> She's a sweetie. <laughs> and she can, she does some tricks. Was it her owner did, like, guns? It was like, bang, bang. And she, like, went on her side. Oh, yeah. I love that. <laughs> and she can turn left or turn right. Pretty good. Smart. Yeah. I can't even do that. I have to hold up my fingers. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't even have fingers. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Hannah's really good. Go ahead. Bye. My little legs and my little arms. Just spin, 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 spin. <laughs> <laughs>